Are you ready to be better? Not tomorrow, not by the end of COVID, but right now. Thank you so much for tuning in to Figure It Out with James Money and Cal Maxwell. People have got to be better and it starts right here. It is time to tackle life's toughest questions. On this week's episode, we hear from Tanner Kuhn, who is a coronavirus frontline worker, and we get his personal opinion on the state of COVID-19. You are listening live, folks, from probably a few days ago to the Figure It Out podcast with James Monty and myself, Cal Maxwell. People have got to be better, and it starts right here, James. I need it. We need it. Um, first off, it's Sunday, and it's Father's Day. We want to give all the dads out there a quick shout-out. We love you guys. Guys, be sure to say thank you and love you to your fathers. I know they'll appreciate it. Mm. It's a great holiday, great holiday. Mm-hmm. But we've got a big show today, James. Yep. It's a benchmark show for us because we have our first ever guest on the podcast, um, Tanner Kuhn, who is a lifelong friend, um, great guy. He's a hospital worker. He and his wife, Allie, both are hospital workers in North Carolina, COVID frontliners, and we're really going to hear his spin on things. Um, and we definitely want to start out by saying that this is one man's medical and personal opinion. He is a nurse, um, but we fully suggest that everybody follow all Local, state, and federal, federal. safety guidelines. Mm. Yeah, federal. Yep. Um, set forth by the government. We want you to guys to be sure to do that as well. But this is one man's personal opinion. I think we're going to hear some great stuff. Tanner's a great guy. He and his wife, Allie, are both just great people. Um, wife. Yeah, it's crazy to say wife. He got married, I guess, almost a year ago. So um, if you do the math, yeah, I guess, well, congrats on the sex, guys. Well, yeah. I, ooh, can I? Yeah, they're married. So you can say that. Congrats on the sex. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good for them. But they're going to, Tanner's a great interview. Great guy. Um, super high character. You're going to love the interview that we've got for you guys. Um, James, anything to add before we get into our bottom shelf briefing? Yeah, guys, I got a little bit of backlash on the last episode. I will say I have 100% completely deleted TikTok. No jokes. I might bring it back just for the occasional dance, but it is off my phone. I'm no longer scrolling through it aimlessly for hours, so I'm not a hypocrite. You're not. You followed your own advice. That's big. That's what what we're working towards there. So everybody out there, you can just stop, all right? I'm human. I'm trying to figure it out. All right. Well, uh, let's just move into bottom shelf briefing. Yeah, let's do that. I need that. All right. So what are we working with today? Today, guys, we have have E&J Apple Brandy. Stands for... E&J Apple Brandy. Nice. Uh, with natural apple flavors and caramel or caramel? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I'd probably say, probably i say caramel. Okay. Well, I'd say caramel, but that's fine. That's good we differ. <laughs> um, 60 proof, 30% alcohol. Um, buy this at your local ABC store. Maybe about six bucks. That's not bad at all. Not bad at all. And I will say, the bottle is by far the best looking we've had so far. It is. It's, you it's know, glass. classic glass, but then you got a nice green apple-ish look to it on the bottle as well as the label on it. Um, it's just nice. Great. So, smell test, what'd you think? Smell test? Um, give it one more for you guys. It smells apple Yeah, it smells like straight up it's green crazy. apple. crazy, yeah. Uh, like it's a really rancher. good smell test. Um, and guys, we haven't mentioned this in the past. I'll say, I'll spit a little facts for you. Brandy is basically distilled wine. Didn't know that. Um, and this, if you're a big Apple fan, if you mix this with some apple cider, make an apple slammer, good times. Wow. Good times. That'd be huge. Okay. So, 
Great. Um, so are we ready to give her a shot? Yep. That's all I got on it. All right. I'll drink to that. Modesto. Love it. Okay. Um, I didn't really, I didn't really hit hard, but no, it doesn't. It that is one. super sweet. Yeah, it is. It really super is super sweet. Honestly, I'm not a huge like sweet liqueur mm -hmm. liquor fan. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, I like mixing it with cocktails and things like that. That was very sweet. A little too sweet for me. You could go at this for a while without any kind of mixture in it. Or yeah, that's what's scary. Yeah, that yeah. is kind of yeah. Um. It, it, this will get you going. I, I would mix this with something and just, I would watch out because this, like, if you're trying to pregame with this, you might not make it to the postgame yeah, or even just the regular yeah. game. <laughs> so. Yeah, I honestly, it's so, it's just too ooh. sweet for me. It's like, I thought originally in our first episode that gin, that one didn't hit hard at all. This has set a new record for not hitting hard at all. Yeah, no, it went down very smooth, yeah. but just the taste of it, I'm not a fan of. I'm personally mm -hmm. going to give it a three. Really? I just, I do not like the sweet taste of it, to be honest with you. It just tastes like straight green apple sugar. And for instance. our first time listeners out there, which I don't know why you haven't figured it out and listened to us beforehand, tell us what the scale is again. So, one to ten. One, to ten um, one being like literally somebody just like poured acid down your throat and you're just having a stroke. Um, ten being, wow, that was phenomenal. Mm. Taste went down smooth, mm. high class, top shelf. And obviously, since it's called the bottom shelf briefing, it's going to be tough to get above maybe a six or seven. Right. So you're getting a three. I'm going to give it a three. Just be, I don't like the taste at all, to be honest with you. I'm going to go a little higher just because I'm not – I don't like the taste as well, but it goes down pretty easy. Right. So I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with a five and a half. Okay. No, I mean respectable. So, respectable. Okay. E&J Brandy. Uh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. So we – before we get into the interview, we had a very pressing question um, that um, one of our – uh, listeners slid into the DMs on Instagram, which is at figure it out underscore podcast. Matt from Raleigh reached out with a very pressing question that I want us to tackle real quick before we get into our new to the day, uh, having Tanner talk about coronavirus. But Matt says, hey, figure it out team. I've come across a problem and I need some help to figure it out. If I have a meal that has both hot and cold ingredients, but I don't finish it all, do I eat the leftovers cold or hot? I think a burrito bowl is a fine example. The rice, beans, and meat are hot. The lettuce, cheese, salsa, sour cream are cold. It's all mixed together. So I have to choose. Microwave sour cream and lettuce or eat cold meat and beans? That's a tough one. Matt, you are a wizard with your questions. Wizard. And to me, I'll be honest with you, I when we're thinking about a burrito bowl, I think about Chipotle. And I, I never have leftovers just because I inhale it. Mm -hmm. um, but that's an interesting question. What do you think about that? I'm one that I'm very particular about my meals, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna take a little more time and be tedious with this, and this might not work for everybody. But I'm gonna do a little Red Rover, Red Rover, and send the beans and everything else on over that needs to be hot on one side, right? It's gonna take some time to pick. Sorry, it's gonna take some time to pick these things out. I know it sucks, but for me, that's just how it's gonna happen. So we're gonna have to do a little divide and conquer here. Yeah, honestly, I'm probably just gonna nuke that mother in the in the microwave and just eat it. I, I like I like I like my desserts cold, but my meals hot. How are you single? <laughs> that's that's a million dollar question. But yeah, I'm gonna nuke that guy and just get on with it. Okay. So thank you, Matt. Um, remember, guys, please submit your questions, your nudes of the day, to our uh, Instagram or to us, and we would love to tackle them. So Matt, thank you for that pressing question. 
Um, so I, I think it's time to get into this interview. Okay. James, you ready for it? I'm doing it. Let's do it. What? What did I just... So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive on into this interview with Tanner Kuhn. Tanner, how you doing, buddy? I am doing excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. So guys, as we mentioned, Tanner is a hospital worker here in North Carolina. Um, so Tanner, tell us a little bit, first out, start out um, talking about how we, uh, how we got to know each other and then what you do at the hospital. Yeah, so let's see. We've known each other. I mean, I've known you since you moved um, to to Asheville, where we grew up. Um, so what was that, third grade? Yeah, long time ago. Yeah, um, but throughout middle school, high school, that that friendship, our friend group, like just grew. Um, and then you ended up being at my wedding. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what you do at the hospital and kind of why you wanted to get into the medical field. Yeah, so I am uh, an emergency room nurse. Um, I wanted to be a nurse starting at a pretty young age. I think probably I had that dream back in middle school. Uh, and I think the reason why I was drawn to nursing, a lot of it is the typical nurse answer. If you ask a nurse, oh, why did you want to become a nurse? They're going to be like, oh, I just wanted to help people. And like as as uh, as cliche as that is, um, it is true. Like I wanted to do something that would help people. Uh, and what's, what's more important than like helping people, um, uh, with their health. Um, and when, when somebody's sick. And so that was, that was a big reason. And there's a lot of different options under that field, but I felt like nursing, was, nursing was a, a realistic option rather than going to school for 10, 12 years to become a doctor. I could, uh, go to school for four years, become a nurse and, and really make a difference, which I have, thoroughly enjoyed being a nurse so far. Um, the other the other bit of it is just um, if you've ever taken an, an anatomy and physiology class, learning about the human body is absolutely incredible uh, and just how we were created to be such intricate beings uh, and how all of our body systems work together. I think it's incredible and I think it's uh, incredible that I get to see that on a daily basis. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So I, I'm sure as Everybody listening will know things probably changed for you guys immensely once uh, COVID hit. So kind of tell us how your role specifically changed, um, I guess, in mid-March or whatever it was, and then what your role looks like now and what the hospital looks like now. Yeah, so beforehand, um, the emergency department is known for just being a wild place. We have no control over what comes in the door. Um some of the stories that people tell us, I, you would literally think these things are made up. It, it, it is a crazy place. It is the wild, wild west. Um, but we didn't think it could get any crazier, but then COVID happened and it did get crazier. Um, so we had to kind of designate an entire part of our emergency department just for um, people who have symptoms of coronavirus. Uh, and we were responsible for all the testing um, and if they needed to be admitted into the hospital um, we would keep them and treat them until they uh, were able to get admitted uh, so it was a pretty it's been a pretty intense process and we're still in that process because people are still testing positive uh, and it is still something we're dealing with on a daily basis right and so you have had some you've worked directly with some covid patients correct yeah i've had i've had a good number um I don't know exactly how many because sometimes 
uh, people are discharged um, before we ever get the test results back. So we we don't really know um, at that time. But yeah, definitely had some positive patients. Um, some of them sicker than others, but a lot of them were pretty stable. Yeah, that's that's great. And so have you had, um, I guess, any any colleagues that have gotten sick or yourself that have gotten sick as a result of working in this ward? That I'm aware of right now. I do not know any other um, either nurses or just people that we work with, like CNAs. Uh, I don't know anybody who has gotten it and tested positive. Um, I'm sure there could be some, but I, I do work in one of the bigger emergency departments uh, in North Carolina. So there are some people that I don't know as well, but from my knowledge, we've all been protected from it. Wow, that's, that's definitely great to hear. Um, so in your professional medical opinion, um, how dangerous really is this virus? Um, because I think, you know, a lot of people, myself included, and, you know, even some, I think, medical people may be confused as well, but how dangerous is it really? And, and what can we do, I guess, to, to prepare for, for it if we get it? See, that's the, that's the loaded question. Um, and that's what everybody wants to know um, is how dangerous is this? And right. that's the question that can't really be answered because um, it's a case-to-case -case basis. We can look at the statistics and see that um, ultimately the uh, mortality rate is pretty low, um, which, is, which is a great thing. Um, and, it, and it really just depends on the person. Um, actually, if you, if you look at the studies and everything, over 50% of the people who are testing positive for it are asymptomatic, um, so not having any coronavirus symptoms, which makes the situation difficult, but um, because we, we really don't know much about it in the sense of, can it be spread by asymptomatic people? Uh, it's very confusing in that sense. Um, but I think I feel like that's reassuring the fact that a lot of people are having it and not having these terrible symptoms. Um, ultimately, your risks of having a bad case of coronavirus are going to be way higher if you have other um, conditions. So especially respiratory conditions like COPD, asthma, things along those lines. Um, you're at a much higher risk of having a bad case. Um, and, and it is true, like this can kill you. Um, it's If you're looking at the, um, the rates of death based on age, it's very low until you start getting into people age 75, 85. Um, they, th those rates go up a lot. Um, so it's really those vulnerable populations that we need to be protecting. Um, as for just the normal person um, who doesn't have any pre-existing conditions um, and is just kind of living life. Um, preventing coronavirus, that's what you want to talk about. So a lot of information out there, a lot of information being uh, enforced by people. So we're pretty much past the point of um, trying to contain it, it's being spread at a rate right now um, that like we, we really are just past containment. Um, me personally, I'm a big believer in uh, the idea that healthy people do not need to be wearing masks. Um, this is contradictory to what the CDC says, um, but this is what the World, World Health Organization says. Um, they believe that if you're healthy and not showing any symptoms, you don't need to wear a mask unless you're taking care 
of an actual coronavirus patient. So in my case, when I go into the hospital, if I take care of a patient with coronavirus, I do need to be wearing a mask because um, they're in that acute phase, which is a lot different than just being out in the general public. Um, so I personally also believe that the, the biggest thing we can do is to just take care of ourselves um, because it's going to be your immune system um, that fights this virus off. We don't have a magical drug um, that can prevent it. Really, if people have been getting coronavirus, it's, it's kind of a waiting game. Um, we just let their body's immune system take care of it. Um, we try and support that immune system in any way that we can, but it, it's, it's like the flu in that way. There's no magic pill. There's no cure. Um, so some of the ways that you can do that um, for yourself, I'm a big believer in eating whole foods, meats, vegetables, drinking plenty of water, um, getting some rejuvenating exercise. Don't go out and run a marathon every day and feel like that's going to save it because that's just going to um, wear down your immune system and kill your body. Um, but going for a run every now and then, getting outside, um, getting sunshine and sleep, those are huge things. I cannot say enough how important sleep is um, to just uh, help your body recover and protect itself. If you are interested in um, like medicine for it, uh, I, I take vitamin C and vitamin D daily. Those are both known to boost your immune system. Um, and I've been doing pretty good, so I think, I think that'll work. Um, I think just taking care of yourself, that's, that's about all you can do. Um, there is no way to be risk-free, and I, I think you know this. Um, we wish that there was some way to just uh, be safe, but really there's no such thing as being safe. Um, we, can, we can take all the precautions that we can, um, but at the end of the day, there's going to be risks, and and that's just part of living life. Right, right. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a great point there. So, do you think, in terms of like shutting down, have we as a state, North Carolina, um, and we want to make this clear, we are not getting political here at all. This is from a pure medical understanding of this virus from somebody who has um, dealt with it firsthand and seeing the effects of it firsthand. So we're, we're not getting political here at all, but just want to know, do you think the state should reopen or I guess the country as a whole, should we reopen? What should that look like? And how have we done up until this point with that, in your opinion? So I think we personally are at the point of reopening. Um, Initially, the whole entire point of closing was this idea of, of flattening the curve, but also it was the idea of our hospitals aren't ready. Um, we, don't, we didn't have enough uh, PPE, which is personal protective equipment. So that includes um, the correct masks, uh, the correct disposable gowns that we put on and take off when we enter each patient's room, um, as well as face shields. And so it was a big fear of like, uh oh, we're gonna run out of um, we're gonna run out of PPE. Um, and so luckily, when this started, you had all of these companies. Um, I know, um, like like clothes manufacturers, they shifted their production into start making masks and stuff. And so we've actually been able to. Um, the hospitals have been able to resupply uh, and stock up on PPE so that we don't have to worry as much about running out, um, which is a great thing. But 
to me the big the big worry is if we keep um if we keep pushing off reopening um what we may end up doing is seeing that second wave that everybody's talking about um it might end up falling in the winter um which if you've ever been to a hospital around winter time that's flu season um flu and respiratory season and so at that time hospitals are busy it is it is a madhouse um because you have a lot of people who get sick with the flu and so i worry that if we don't kind of go ahead and get that second wave over with and, and let it happen now come winter time when it's already a busy season if we put the second wave on top of that uh it could be very overwhelming for the healthcare system yeah absolutely um i i think you know the second wave is a lot of thing that people are starting to worry about as well um, just because, you know, we don't know what that's going to look like. And, and it's interesting. I was reading today, actually, that, um, you know, some, you know, universities, they're pre preparing for college football season. Um, and so I, I'm just curious if you think like having a college football season around the time of when that second wave is coming, do you think that is going to be a huge risk? Or do you think that that could go on without any potential major repercussions? Like I said earlier, um, there's always going to be that risk. Um, we, there's no way to say definitely if something is or isn't going to work. Um, I personally, this is, this is all my opinion, um, I, I think that it, it should happen and I think that it can happen in a safe way. Um, in the same way that I said you need to do the, do the most that you can to take care of yourself, I think the, we need to be protecting the vulnerable populations. So, um, visiting at nursing homes and stuff like those are the people who if we bring that illness in there they can very easily die from it um, and if you're a person who does have those pre-existing conditions that um, increase your chances of having a bad case of coronavirus it's probably not the best idea to go um, to a big sporting event where you're going to be shoulder to shoulder with thousands of people we have a question from some of our listeners and followers um, we had one that say is there a five-second rule for COVID exposure, kind of like dropping food on the ground? There's just so little information known at this point. There's not been enough studies. They don't, I mean, at this point, we're not even 100% sure on, on how it's being spread and what stage of the disease is it being spread. Um, that's why we're just trying to take as many precautions as possible. Um, so that's a that's a difficult question to answer. Yeah, that's uh, I thought I kind of laughed a little bit when I read that one. I was like, wow, that's a that's a tough one right there. Um, but yeah, well, Tanner, listen, thanks so much for for calling into the show, man. We really appreciate you. Love you, buddy. Appreciate your friendship more than you know. Um, is there any final thoughts on Corona or any final advice you'd like to give to our listeners out there? Um, I just can't stress enough to take care of yourself. Um, Treat your body well, uh, and it it'll take care of you. Uh, the immune system is my probably the most interesting body system, uh, and it's the one that we know the least about. Um, it's so complex, and it can do some incredible things. So the most that you, the best thing that you can do is um, set it set your immune system up to succeed. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, listen, Tanner. Thank you so much for tuning in the show, brother. Folks, this man right here has some of the uh, the highest character you'll ever you'll ever come into contact with. Um, but uh, right now, in terms of contact, we're going to try and stay six feet away, of course, because of social distancing. But Tanner, thanks so much, buddy. We love you. We're thinking about you, and we'll we'll talk soon. Thanks, Cal. I appreciate you.
what a guy, what a guy. And we do want to say a huge thank you um, and show our appreciation to all of those frontline workers out there and essential workers who have really put themselves in harm's way to, to keep us healthy and safe during these crazy times. So thank you to all of our essential and frontline COVID workers out there. We're praying for you guys and thank you for all that you do. And James, this is pretty much our last week to plug our first ever charity of the month, mm -hmm. which is Miracle League of the Triangle, guys. And remember, Miracle League of the Triangle works to create positive life experiences for children and adults with special needs and for their families through the game of baseball. And again, guys, we want to encourage you to donate $5. And I know we usually do our Chipotle quantitative measurements for $5, but we're going to mix it up a little bit this week. James, tell us what $5 is. Guys, $5 is just a grande, frappe, pumpkin, caramel, macchiato, chino. From Starbucks. From Starbucks. Right. So if you're a big coffee drinker, mm -hmm. grab one of those frappe pumpkin guys. Yeah. And that's it. That's all we want you guys to do. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that new quantitative measurement over there. Um, but yeah, so check them out, guys. Check them out. Um, James, tell us a little bit about what's going on next week. Yeah, guys, you're going to want to stay in tune next week. We have why is it okay to have regrets in life? Everybody has them. We're going to talk about why it's okay to have them. Uh, other than that, I want everybody to have a super, super great week. Don't make it normal like every other week. Make it your week, your special week. Make it a special week. Your very special it. week. So pass it over to Calvert. Yeah, that's great. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much for tuning in again this week. We're looking forward to seeing you next week. We're praying for you. We love you guys. Send us your nudes, as in your questions, at figureitout underscore podcast. We'll see you soon.